Hi, I'm Kelsey Zeiser. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast from Light Reading, where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. Today, I'm talking with Jeff Baumgartner about Roku and TiVo's recent earning results and where they stand in the smart TV market. We also get into some interesting rivalries that are emerging among the smart TV players. Hey, Jeff, welcome back to What's the Story? Kelsey, how are you? Good. I heard a little typewriter, I think, in the background. Was that your phone? <laughs> yeah, that was my uh, little text noise. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Beep, 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 mm-hmm. beep. <laughs> um, so, what's going on in uh, smart TV world? I heard you have some updates on uh, Roku and TiVo. Yeah, yeah. We had um, a little bit of tit for tat going on in the last couple of weeks <laughs> between those uh, two companies. Um, yeah, uh, Roku had their earnings uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, and they're, they're pretty well ensconced in that smart TV arena with uh, integrated Roku TVs. And, you know, they've been doing pretty good in the market um, going up against, you know, the likes of uh, Google and Amazon and, you know, some of the TV makers like uh, Samsung and LG and, uh, and uh, uh, Anthony Wood, the CEO was uh, talking, he was getting some questions about, uh, the competition in the market, including uh, what they're seeing, like TiVo's kind of out there as well. They're going to do some stuff in Europe. And uh, his, uh, what he had talked about was that, you know, anybody trying to build like a new franchise in uh, the, the uh, TV OS arena, you know, might as well uh, not even try <laughs> didn't really say it in those exact words but just uh, go home kind of like it's going to be difficult or nay impossible you know to uh to to make a true dent in the marketplace and then you know and uh he had kind of dismissed tivo to Mm -hmm. a degree um in his comments and then uh this week uh just a few days ago tivo had their their earnings call or Xperi, which is the uh, parent company now of TiVo. And uh, yeah, they're, they're getting into the smart TV game in, in Europe initially. And the CEO, John Kirchner predicted, you know, they would have a footprint of like 7 million TVs with the TV, the TiVo operating system out there um, in the market within, uh, I think three years. So, you know, I mean, it's, uh, a good start, I guess, <laughs> you know, 7 million, um, you know, you're kind of starting from zero, so you got to get somewhere, but, uh, he, but he did kind of address a lo- the, the kind of the challenge that uh, Anthony Wood brought up. And that is, uh, you know, that uh, you need a lot of scale, you know, to win in the smart TV business and the experience, experience CEOs comment on that was like, Hey, we already have, quite a bit of scale because they're, you know, TiVo's platform, its operating system is in like 30 million households or something uh, right now. So, so he was kind of dismissing the early, the earlier dismissal 
of comments, you know. So uh, just, you know, a little bit of a, a battle of words uh, brewing. And somebody else who kind of brought up an interesting fact. I forgot that Anthony Wood was uh, also founded Replay TV. If you remember them, and they were like an early rival to uh, oh, yeah. to TiVo. So, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I guess if you can take a dig at uh, TiVo all these years later, you might as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm surprised TiVo's still doing so well because I know they were like early in the kind of DVR game. But are yeah. they um, the OS behind a lot of DVRs? Or, I mean, I just yeah. don't. I, I feel like I don't hear about them as much. Yeah, they, they've definitely um, like their whole uh there's kind of been a, like a little bit of a transformation going on because they've been through a couple of uh, uh mergers and acquisitions like they did get together with Rovi years ago and you know that created a little bit of scale and then um they they combined with Xperi uh, I want to say it's two or three years ago I can't even remember now but uh they um well, there was that whole COVID time warp. I, yeah, I feel exactly. like that's messed like, us all up. Time just kind of like <laughs> blended together. I couldn't remember what day or month or year it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what was interesting was, you know, TiVo, before the Xperia merger, they, they had this idea they wanted to uh, split out the company into two, like have two separately publicly traded companies, one that was focused just on product and another that was focused on intellectual license, uh, property and licensing, you know, the whole, uh, unit that sued everybody's pants off for a while. (laughs) And, uh, uh, so their idea was to split that out. And then, uh, then when they merged with Xperia, then they, then the idea was came up again where they're going to split it out. So they have actually done it. So Xperia is now, uh, where the TiVo business is. And then there's another company, um, that's focused just on the licensing and IP side. So yeah, there's been quite a bit that's happened, you know, to the TiVo story in all these years. And, you know, in between all that, they bought the, uh, the Moby TV assets um, when, when it went up for auction, when they went uh, filed for bankruptcy. And another interesting piece out of the TiVo call was uh, they're actually getting a little bit more traction with their, with the IPTV version of the TiVo uh, product. Um, Cause a lot of uh, operators that worked with the, the old TiVo platform that used the old Qualm based delivery of video and cable cards and all that stuff are uh, transitioning over to uh, kind of an app based IP delivered video service. So some of the existing customers are doing the, the trans uh, doing the migration and, and getting some interest from some other operators. So they're predicting uh, some pretty sizable growth um, from the IPTV business, um, like 40 million this year to like 100 million in three years. So yeah, more than double. So that's kind of going to offset all the the legacy uh, uh, systems and products that are kind of not being phased out, but you know, it's, it's shrinking down for sure. Okay. Gotcha. Um, was there anything else that came out of the, the Roku earnings call that was, um, you know, surprising or, or looks good for them? Yeah. I mean, they, they were asked to justify a little bit more that, uh, why they, they went, they're going this other direction where they're going to design and make their own 
smart TVs. Um, and the point some of the analysts like to make there is that, uh, you know, that will put you in some competition with uh, your OEM TV partners. And I think Anthony Wood's point on that was, well, you know, this is nothing new in the consumer electronics business. You know, he said, look at Android, right? Um, Google makes its own phones, these pixels, and yet Samsung and others also make Android-based products. And you know, I think Microsoft was another, uh, with Windows, you know, was another example. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, smart TV is a little bit of a, a different game, so we'll see. Um, how that goes and how the uh, the TV partners um, kind of hang in there with Roku or mm-hmm. there's a more of an independent player that TiVo thinks it is uh, going to make some some headway and get some uh, some traction with some other TV OEMs. So it'll yeah. be just an interesting couple of years to come. Right. I imagine it would be hard to go up against, um, you know, Amazon and um google and and even like apple tv like there's already i feel like there's a lot of pretty well established um smart tv vendors out there yeah yeah and there's others like um like it's uh, a company related to hisense um is mm-hmm. gonna is gonna try to make a play in the u.s as well with its tv operating system but uh you know i think maybe that's one reason why tivo decided to focus on uh Europe, because they have a pretty good partner in, in this company called Vestel that uh, uh, makes TVs under a lot of brands that are local to the uh, to some of the uh, the markets in uh, in Europe, and uh, you know maybe that it, it sounds like there's not as much of a uh, uh, kind of legacy market there that you have to penetrate, so. Uh, and I think that seven million they were talking about, I imagine, is uh, really focused on Europe because they haven't really announced uh, any plans at this point to do something in the U.S. market for smart TVs. But uh, I think yeah, at some point they they have to. Yeah, yeah for sure. Interesting. Well, thanks for the update, Jeff. Uh, be good to to keep an eye out on this and. Look forward to hearing more from you in the future. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Kelsey. Thank you so much, Jeff, for taking the time to talk today. And thank you to our wonderful producer, Pierre Landrio, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.